0: Welcome to Field of 12 After Dark, uh, the college football show talking everything going on in in, in the country with this wild sport. I'm your host, Michael Felder, uh, from Stadium, and I've got a couple of superstars joining me on Field of 12 After Dark. We've got Clint Sterner, obviously, you know him from the Dallas Cowboys, more likely from the Arkansas Razorbacks, baby. Radio and TV host, analyst on Sports Radio 610, Cox Sports TV, and obviously the Field of 12. And then we've got Kevin Sumlin, the coach, our coach. You know him from Texas A&M. You know him from Houston. You know him from Arizona. Working on big things, being that field of 12 analyst. And people forget. And Coach Sumlin, I want to get this in here. Even though you've had these prolific offenses, I do want to remind folks that you did play linebacker at Purdue.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that meant I wasn't good enough to play offense because I played offense in high school. They just moved me over there, and this guy named, <laughs> named uh, Joe Tiller. People think of him as a a offensive guru. He was actually the defensive coordinator at Purdue, and uh, I moved over there. To, and uh, they I went to play nickel allegedly, but they sent me to the linebacker room, and I never came back out. That meant I was too slow to, to play in the back end. The- <laughs> So, uh, but I, I had a, a great time there. A lot of good friends. A matter of fact, I'll be up there this week uh, for their opening game Thursday night.
0: Well, that's a big one. So, you know what? Let's let's hold on to that game. We'll get to it at the end. But here's what we're gonna do. We got a lot to get to tonight. We're gonna we're we're gonna talk about coaches moving around, new faces, new places. Um, we're gonna talk some um, big SEC games in week one. We're gonna talk about the Quinn, and I've had a hard time saying this, the Quinn. Ewers' era? Like, Clint, can you say that for me three times fast? Not three Clint times Ewers fast.
2: I, I, not three times fast. I can give it to you one time. Quinn Ewers? How's that? Era. Is that all right? Oh, Eric, You mean no. me to
0: add, you me to add, add the that? era part? Yeah.
2: Hey, you're getting paid to drive this damn thing. I'm just over here listening, baby. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, Clinton, Coach, we're going to break it all down. Uh, but first, I'm, I'm your host. We're going to kick the show off with a toast. Clint, what you got? Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna
2: toast this thing to the uh the first show that I get to do with Coach Sumlin. I, I'll tell a real quick story. I'll make it, I'll make it short. Sure. <laughs> I was uh I, I was I was playing ball at the time. I think I was in Dallas. I don't know if I was playing arena ball or pro ball. I don't remember what I, I mean or, or in the NFL, I don't remember. But I came home, tricky dick. Dick Olin is a is a high school legend in 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 Texas. And uh he had a golf tournament right here in Baytown at uh, my hometown and and he, I just literally come in on two wheels, and uh, he threw me in a cart and said, "Hey man, go play, go play golf." I played nine holes and I got through. I said, "Coach," I, you know, Coach Olin. Of he, of course, he wasn't playing his ass and sitting up there chilling. I said, "Coach," I said, "Man, who is this dude you got me in a cart with, man?" He goes, "That's Coach, that's Coach Sumlin, you dumbass." <laughs> I said, well, "I said, Coach, excuse me, if it wasn't a six foot blonde with with hair down to about mid back, wearing clothes that were too tight for." In Dallas, Texas, I don't—I I wasn't sure who it was. You know what I mean. But point of the story is this: I played nine holes of golf with Coach Sumlin, and not one time did Coach Sumlin say, "Hey, I'm Coach Sumlin." Not now. Now, at the time, at the time, I think you were at Texas A&M, Coach. I think you were the assistant head coach, wide receiver coach at Texas A&M, and it wasn't—it wasn't—you weren't quite to your U of H days. But it now wanted to tell me another coach, anybody out there knows that that uh that would ride nine holes with the with the football player and not be stroking his own ego and telling you who he is. So, Coach Sumlin, you probably that's probably the first time you heard that story, man. I want to tell you I appreciate it. And since that day, people come at me and say, hey, damn coach Sumlin, he can't call no damn plays. Coach <laughs> Sumlin don't know what he's doing today. And he'll coach up. I said, No, 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 that ain't Coach Sumlin. That ain't the guy I know, baby. Coach. I appreciate you from way back, man. That, that meant a lot to me, and I've thought the world of you ever since, man. So good to do a show with you.
1: I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Because I didn't have anything to say because my golf game was awful at that <laughs> point.
0: And I'm struggling for nine holes. <laughs> All right, Coach uh, Salmon, what's your – you got – you're up. You're up on the toast. Coach Salmon, what you got? You know, it's kind
1: of a serious one. I, You know, I thought about this, and uh, I got kind of in trouble a couple weeks ago for my first toast. And – uh you know, I got a son at OU, and and uh, I gave my toast to to Mike Gundy. But uh, so I, I, you know, that things have been tough at home for that. But <laughs> this one, this one's a little bit different. I, you know, just thinking about everything that's happened in the landscape of college football, uh, my toast uh, goes to the commissioner of the Big Ten, Kevin Warren, right, who took a lot of heat the last couple of years when you take you, you take over for a legend in Jim Delaney I mean a complete legend everybody's worried about well how, how are we moving forward what are we doing He's a tar hill uh, yeah and well yeah, there you go then <laughs> you look up all right and uh if you read the fine print of the deal they just did uh what's that 1.7 billion a year for 7 years right but then If you keep reading it and you see what happened the week before. So you, you add two teams from the West coast and SC UCLA, everybody says that makes no sense. You read the fine print of this, this contract where there are escalators in the contract money-wise for the big 10 to add other teams, which means, Hey, look, there's going to be travel partners for these two West coast teams somewhere. And so uh, you know, the 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 other Pac 12 teams, you know, that the, they've got a couple choices now with the Big 12 and now the Big Ten. Uh, so I you know what 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 he did, what Kevin Warren did, I think was monumental for football. I think what you you know, all these questions about uh super conferences that's over with. That that ship is sailed, it's headed down that road. It's a matter of now there's gonna be 16 teams. Are we gonna have 20 teams? We're gonna go, are we gonna go? Right now, you're looking at Penn State to to SC and and UCLA. They're headed across the country with a major television contract that is really going to put the Big Ten. I think, Uh, you know, everybody talks about the SEC. I spent a bunch of time in there. But right now, where they're headed right now is a league. And with with that kind of uh, marketability from coast to coast, that's a big step for the Big Ten. So my toast goes to Kevin
0: Warren. I I dig it, man. I am digging it. You guys are all spot on. Um, I'm going to do a quick one here and we'll get to mine at the kind of at the back end of the show. We'll elaborate on a little bit more. But listen, I'm 37 years old. Um, I went to UNC. I I like to say I practiced a lot of football at UNC (laughs) because I didn't get in the game. But the reality of it is, is UNC and NC State, they do not play App State and ECU ever. In my lifetime, they almost never played, but on one Saturday in September in 2022, we're going to see both of these teams square up. UNC is going to go to the Rock. NC State's going to Dowdy-Ficklin. Both of my parents graduated from ECU, so I'm just cheersing for whoever got that set up. They (laughs) did the damn thing. They got it set up. It's happening, baby. Unbelievable, and let me tell you, boom. And I'll say this, with the exception of maybe LSU, ECU has the best midfield logo. <laughs> and let me ask you guys something. Someone in Clint, they have the best team saying, do you know what no quarter means? No, no clue. So ECU's team slogan is no quarter. No quarter means we take no prisoners. We kill everyone on that boat when we take that ship over and steal everything that you have. And that's their team motto.
2: <laughs> Leave no quarter, huh? Literally. Yeah, yeah
1: that's no quarter. And that's, so. not midfield, that's not a midfield logo. That is pretty much uh, a half of the whole field, right?
0: <laughs> yeah. the they table. take everything. <laughs> They take everything. Let's go, baby. Okay, so we're going to talk about new coaches, and I guess we are going to talk about new coaches. We're going to talk about the the SEC games. I want to spring this one on you guys. I know they kind of talk, they kind of hit on it on Saturday, Sunday, um, and but I want to hit on it now. Do you think that the onside kick is what lost the game for Nebraska against Northwestern, or was it all the other things? You know, the turnovers in the fourth quarter. And all the, the kind of the poor decision making, the inability to execute.
2: You going, Clint? Yeah, I mean, look, I, I don't, I don't believe in any any one play costing the game. Thank you. And and, I, and, I'm, and it's coming from a guy that that I mean, hell, I, I fumbled the ball in the national championship on the damn line. So uh, that's a mouthful, brother. But um, no, I mean, look, as I watch that game, and I'll be honest, I, I didn't watch it. I didn't watch it as closely as as I do some others, but. Um, that that game, if I'm going to sum it up as one, it, it didn't seem like it didn't seem like Nebraska adjusted in the second half. They yes. came out, they came out and had some success early. New offensive coordinator, new quarterback. Uh, they changed some things. Um, nobody had ever really seen what they were going to look like offensively. They hit some big plays, and then they came out in the second half. And now the quarterback didn't play real clean. I mean, but some of those balls he threw. Go ahead. I'm listening. I see you. I know you, Mike. You hit that right there. I got to stop. What you got?
0: I'm calling a timeout. I want to get Clint. I want you to give me 30 seconds and then coach. I want you to give me 30 seconds. How important? what when they went off script after they got off script and how important is a script to early success versus when you have to actually call plays when the defense adjusts. Clint first, then you go coach.
2: Well, look, I mean, I, I'll let Coach talk about calling plays. I tried to do it for some fifth graders one time, and I was nervous as hell, man. The parents were cussing me out, so that ain't my forte. I like to talk about the guys that are doing it. Um, look, a, a, if, a, if a script works, if you st- if you can stay on that script and you stay ahead of the chains, then it's, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. If what you game plan is what unfolds on the field in front of you, it's an absolutely beautiful thing, and, and it's unstoppable. But it's night and day difference. Once you come off that script and adjustments are made, after that, sometimes after the first drive, much less at halftime, it, it, it's a different ballgame. And, and to me, that's where that's where you really separate the great coordinators from just good coordinators is their ability to adjust on the fly like that.
1: Yeah, I I I agree with you, Clint. I, I think what can't be overlooked, right? And and whether you know people want to admit it or not, uh where Nebraska is right now as a program. With the onside kick, there was a combination of things. I'm with you. One play in a game does not really uh, dictate the outcome. Uh, But where they are as a program, so many close games uh, that they haven't been able to get over the hump, you know, you get the turnover. Big hit, cause fumble, boom, momentum, okay? Uh, And then for the game really to become – What should have been a two score game at that point gets back to a one score game really quickly. And you're in the fourth quarter now. And I know every year is different. You're going to talk about that reloading. But you got a lot of guys on that sideline, a lot of guys in that locker room that are looking up at the clock saying, oh, here we go again. Right. It's fourth quarter. We're less than a score. When you're in a team or you're in a program where all right, we win these games um the, the complete thought process the complete feeling on the sidelines different and you know it just looked to mm-hmm. me like everybody got really tight in that situation from from in, on the nebraska sideline and let's not you know there's a lot of people criticizing northwestern on third down right yeah Two times in a row run the ball punting it playing defense really saying, hey, look, we're going to give it back to them and hope they screw it up, not trying to win the game. And so, you know, until they can come out of one of those games, right, and win one, you know, it, it, it it's a complete, like, take a breath. And, and you know, if, if you've done this long enough, you've been on both sides of that. You've been on a, on a yes. team where, hey, look, if we're down two touchdowns going in the fourth quarter, we still going to win this game. Right, or you might be up three points in the fourth quarter, and certain teams going, oh, oh man, you know. And so <laughs> you know, it, it and that feeling is hard to get over until you win those games, and that's that's the that's the hard part for for Scott Frost. I think you know, so many of those have happened, and there's so many guys that are on that team that have seen it happen. Until you get over that hump, I, there's there's nothing you can do about.
0: It. Yeah, well, I, I and you know what? Let's and I think that's a great transition into this next phase, where we talk about new faces in new places, or old faces, really, in new in new places. Where we're going to talk about Brian Kelly, Mario Cristobal, Billy Napier, and Lincoln Riley. We're going to talk about those four guys, and we got LSU, Miami, Florida, and USC. So let's let's start with this. And I want to coach uh, uh, co- someone. I want to I want to push push this to you first because you've you've been in this situation you get off that, that PJ, right. That private jet, you get off, whether it's a helicopter or a private jet, you walk in, you walk in you walk to that podium. What does that feel like on your shoulders? Well, it's, it's different in different
1: situations. You know, the, the, when you got to remember when I got to AM, they'd never played a game in the SEC. So nobody really <laughs> knew what the hell was coming. I mean, I'd been on the field with, uh, even at Houston with Mississippi state and, and uh, you know, a couple other teams and in 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 the SEC and then coasting to Oklahoma, you know, I, I I knew what kind of football we were getting ready to get into. So <laughs> recruiting it becomes important. Um, and you've got to keep the momentum. I think the challenge really for these guys that you've got different situations. Mario has been at Miami. So yeah. there's an understanding. Uh, when you're an assistant coach. In a major program, you understand what that place
0: is about. Go ahead. Hang on. What do we think about Miami right now? We don't know. As a like as a as a as a program overall, Crystal you, Ball Independent. What do we think about Miami overall? I, I mean, you don't know. There's
1: a bunch of unknowns. We know that there's you. You can get in your car and uh, and sign twenty five guys a year, right? You don't have to get on a plane. Go national you, for a quarterback. You
0: can. You can, you can, but those kids. But those kids also already the difference to me. And listen, I again, I mentioned I was. I'm, I'm, listen, I'm almost forty, right? right? So I understand. I thought you were going to pull a Mike Gundy right there. <laughs> I'm a man. I'm forty. <laughs> no, but the reality of it is, to me, is these kids know that other schools exist, right? This isn't where you you got one football game a week on ABC plus the Notre Dame game and then maybe a Jefferson pilot or whatever it was game. They know that Oregon's out there. They know that USC's out there. They know Alabama's out there. They know Texas is out there. They know Clemson. Clemson is out there. They know Wisconsin is out there. They know all these teams are out there and it just doesn't seem like it's as easy to put a fence around South, the state, the quote unquote, what did Schnellenberg call it? The state of Miami. Him and Butch Davis called it the state of Miami. So that's that's why I wanted to ask, what do we think about Miami?
2: But but they ain't guys let me let's be honest. They I mean Miami is the you and you can hang on to that tradition if you want to, but but Mario Cristobal's got an uphill battle. He he's got a he's got a battle okay. like like that's that's unique to itself and it's as difficult as any place in America to go have success coming on when you take a gig where there's not already success. If there was already success and it was just keep the train on the tracks, that'd be fine. And I don't know how much has changed. Let's say, Coach, in the last I don't know ten years, maybe I don't know if you guys have been to a game at Miami, but Miami is so far behind when it comes to facilities. They They're just f- got
0: new facilities. They just you, they just upgraded their facilities. Upgrading ain't enough. They they needed
2: they needed to they needed to quadruple what they had. You've been to Texas A&M. You've been to College Station. I went down there and watched watch Coach down there w- one year when I was with the SEC Network. I mean. There is just so much work to be done at Miami okay. to, to, to get on the same level with the programs that we put them on the same level with. Like, there's so much to be done from a, from a, a facility standpoint and a, a, all the bells and whistles to help recruit these kids. New facilities ain't going to work. It's got to be an absolute monster in order mm-hmm. for Mario Cristobal to be able me, to, to have Let me, Let me chime success. in here real
1: quick right yeah, and yeah. That, to, to, to your point Clint, and my point i think just like me going back to texas a&m as a head coach i was an assistant coach there for rc right when things were not the facilities weren't that right and when right. We other places uh i think that mario and, and I'm, I'm with it it's a real uphill battle but i think he will get time because of his experience being there beforehand number one but number two, he's been in Oregon, right? So he's seen some of the best facilities in the country. There we so go. When he yeah. sits down and talks to the president, the athletic director, or 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 the people who are actually going to pick boosters, here's what it looks like from a national standpoint, not the you of old, right? But here's where we have to be to, to, to keep up with the Joneses. And, and I think because of his experiences being outside the program at Alabama and in Oregon, he's seen the best of the best, right? What, what that looks like. And so his ability to say, hey, here, here's what we need. And then and, and that we need some time to do that. I think he's positioned and he's going to, it's going to take some time. I mean, it's going to take some time. And, and, and the, you know, the, the problem is patience, right? So, you know, he knows what it looks like. He knows what it needs to look like. And I think because of that, they've got a little better chance maybe than they've had maybe in the last 10 years.
0: Well, they're also – they play in the ACC, which we've got Clemson as the big dog, and then we'll figure out what happens after behind them. So we got Brian Kelly at LSU, Crystal Ball at Miami, Napier at Florida, Lincoln Riley at USC. Who do you think sees the most immediate success, and what does that that success look like? So let's – like who do we – if I had to go Clint, one through four, who sees the most immediate success? Kelly, Cristobal, Napier, or Riley? Lincoln Riley. That's one. Who's two? I'd go Napier, <clears> two. <throat> Napier, two.
2: I'd go Cristobal, three. Brian Kelly, four.
0: Brian Kelly, four. Okay. Coach Sumlin, what do you got? Uh, dang, I hate to agree <laughs> with Clint. I just
1: hate it. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I didn't say anything from that hole. Let's to <laughs> <laughs> Come on, so you're, yeah, you're going I, I, one through four exactly. I'm gonna tell you why, though, right? Okay, tell me why. Um, you have a phenomenal talent at USC and Caleb Williams, right? Let me.
0: Okay, hang so on. May, might
1: be, might hang be on. one of the hang best on. players in the country. Hang on, on,
0: hang on. I'm a, I'm calling a timeout here.
2: <laughs> you you better out of these damn timeouts. <laughs>
0: That's, Listen, three hey, that's, that's three. So the half is over with. You got to wait till you got to wait till the second half. Okay, so I, I got to wait nine more minutes to get my my next three timeouts. Don't worry about it. I got them. Okay, but I, with Caleb Williams, I think Caleb Williams, and we also mentioned Billy Napier, right? I think Caleb Williams and Anthony Richardson are kind of they're tied together. They are, and I worked with Trent Dilfer a lot um, when I was with Bleacher Report, and he said something that always resonated with me where. We want surgeons, not butchers. And those guys are big play machines, but they do still feel like butchers, not surgeons. Like the difference between them and CJ Stroud and Bryce Young is wide. Right? Guys who make precise decisions and understand what they're supposed to do with the football. Potential is amazing. Both of those guys off the walls potential, amazing potential. But – playing within the construct of the offense is the thing that i am concerned with because we saw when they when they played teams that were incredibly disciplined defensively that's where they had problems and that comes with understanding being able to read the defense so when we talk about Lincoln Riley we talk about Caleb Williams do we how big do we expect his next step to be coach
1: well i i i'd say this the advantage again here is that Lincoln had him last year, right? Yes. And he didn't yes. even start him, right, early. Yep. Then, not then early. Comes out, has, has a hell of a game against Texas, really wins the game, and wins a couple games. They needed the him
0: to win the game.
1: They needed him to win the hell They held down, what, three touchdowns, right? Yeah. So not needed <laughs> him to win the game. It was, the game was over if he's not playing. Yeah. And so I think uh, that process, and he's a freshman, didn't play all the time. So his upside, like you said, is is tremendous, and and don't forget that he's got the same coach. That that that's so huge. You know, you know the 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 upside. You know the deficiencies already. Uh, Billy Napier. Let's not get it confused. Is a hell of a football coach, yes. and he's got a hell of a, a, a talent. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I, I just think the growth curve there is a little bit different. When you have a guy that you've been on the field with, you've made adjustments with, you know exactly who he is. And when you talk to him now, it's not a new relationship. It's a relationship of, hey, here's where you screwed this up a year ago. And, and with guys like that, it's not about, hey, we're going to get better. But the first thing we got to do is get rid of the, 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 the bad things. If we can eliminate, if we can hang on the football and let you <coughs> be talented, but continue to grow, but get rid of the mistakes that you made as a freshman, then the upside is tremendous. And I think because of that, I got to give the advantage to Lincoln because he's had him, he, him and Caleb uh, have been
0: through the battles before. Well, we're, we're, listen, Clint, I'm up Clint. I want to let you get in here, but what, what we're really talking about and just to to put it into to the scope for people, we're talking about a 18 month relationship, a little bit hmm. more probably because you recruited him. So we're talking about that. You're if that's your girlfriend, you're moving in. <laughs> versus versus 6-month relationship. Maybe she hasn't even met your folks yet, which is what Billy Napier's yeah. dealing with in Florida, right? Am I wrong Clint? Yeah, I mean, right wrong, I, I don't
2: know, Mike. I look, I mean, here's the thing is, is I I think we're it's it's so much more complicated than what we're talking, man. I mean, like you, you look at Caleb Williams, yeah. Caleb Williams is never going to look like C.J. Stroud looks at Ohio State sure. and like Bryce Young looks at Alabama. He is one. He's playing the air raid. I mean, the the air raid uh, air raid quarterback is never going to look like C.J. Stroud at Ohio State or uh, Bryce Young at, at at Alabama. It's just two That's total different. I mean, it, yeah. it's there. There. There's. It's a total different get up, and and so. Caleb Williams doesn't – he's never going to be that guy. Um, Caleb Williams, the advantage there is you're going to USC with Lincoln Riley where the verbiage is the same because your head coach is the same. And it's not just the same for Caleb Williams, guys. It, it, that They were running air raid out there for the last four or five years with Graham, with Graham
0: Harrell. Yeah. With yeah. I mean, so,
2: so the, the guys that didn't transfer in, right, they got four starters on the offense that didn't transfer in, the guys that were there the entire offensive line. They were already running that that scheme, and I know everybody's got everybody's got their little their little tweaks to it. I I, I know it's it's not the the high school air raid from from ninety five. I understand that, but but it is it is the similarity, the verbiage, you know, similarity that the that there is a lot of good that's going to happen right now at USC potentially, that is just that's not the case at Florida. Like Napier's, right. Napier's walking into. You'll love this. So I'm talking to a, I'm talking to a, a coach that was at Florida. Hell with it. It was Muschamp that was at Florida before he was at South Carolina. He's at South Carolina when I'm talking to him, and he was trying to explain to me kind of like how the Florida's a different animal. Like I, being a head coach in Florida for the University of Florida, the 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 people are different, right? Than than some other different some other places. And he was trying to trying to explain to me what the hell he meant right well he get coach what what was the dude's name off the top of my head it just went blank what was the dude's name that was the head coach at uh, Kentucky um uh, uh, jones, uh pop no 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 it, black dude Free? um not black dude uh, he he had like papa um papa <laughs> jones what? No, what was his name, no,
1: Coach? No, Popeye Jones played in the NBA. He's Popeye Jones was an NBA player. No,
2: no, no, no. He had little fishies. Uh, not
1: even the same state, right? He had the ears. He had the ears like Popeye Jones. What I'm talking about. He but had he the ears. Became like an assistant him. coach at Florida. Yeah,
2: I guess I can't think of his damn name, but anyway, he there, there was a there was an upheaval in the locker room, right. and Mustapha said, "Hey, man, go in there and check on them boys. Go go in there and check. Go go in there and, and, and get that right." You know. Mush champ because he must have had to do some some Joker. media. He had, he had to, there fillers. you go that Joker Phillips. There you go. He had to, he had to uh, he uh, must champ had to work with some with the media, right? So he gets done with his media and he goes walking towards the damn locker room, and all of a sudden Joker he gets thrown out of the locker room, and he comes out his shirts all ripped open, and and Must champ's like, what happened? He said they told me to get my ass up out of there, and, and that they would handle it. I mean, they, and they, hey, and they went on and won eleven games that year. They went That's exactly one right. It's just it's so. And my point, my only point. I'm joking. My only point in saying all that is, like Billy Napier's got a whole different animal. He's got to try to corral out there and, and and make it work. And boy, if he can make it work, I mean Spurrier showed you what's possible. But if he can't, but if but if he can't, if he's a fish out of water, and you get you get Dan Mullins. I mean, look, Dan Mullins a little awkward now. And 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 what's what's the other old boy that was out there before him? Hey, man, Mackay. There you go. Hey,
1: man, they'll test you out there now. Well, so hey, let's, you know what? Let's talk fish out of water. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Go back go real, ahead, quick. real quick, go right? Ahead. And you know this too, Clint. If you go back statistically, right, and look at when you play the Swamp at night, statistically is one of the hardest, hardest places as a visiting team to win. Their winning percentage at night is ridiculous. And it's not just that team. It's like you said, the fans are on top of you. It is a hell of a place to play football, and that energy there, you know. With and, and Billy's going to embrace that. I mean, it, that's that's who he is, and and I think it's a good fit for him. It's going to take him some time because he is completely different than Dan Maul. and but he's got talent. Uh, but like you said, you know, it's it's a it's a it's a different place. But if if you get it corralled and you get everything moving in the right direction, you know it becomes a damn hard place to win games as an opposing team. I mean it, and then swamp it, it just it just is it's it's a great atmosphere. The fans care, they're passionate like everybody else in the SEC, but at night that place is as about as tough as there is in the country to play.
2: Hey coach, I, I got one for you real quick. We played them boys down there in '97. You remember they won the championship in '96. We played them boys in '97. First of all, I set a record. They sacked me more times in that game than anybody ever been sacked in an SEC game. First of all, hey, hey, here, number two, coach, I throw a screen about the fourth drive of the game. We're in negative. We're negative thirty yards in four drives, and I throw a screen, and the fastest guy on my team breaks it. He hits. We block it up perfect. He breaks it. Javon Curse caught him 16 yards down the field, <laughs> defensive end. Yeah. And me and coach, coach every quarterback in a Florida uniform threw a touchdown before my ass did. And I played all four quarters.
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, it's it's there. It's a tough place now. It's tough. Woo. Golly. <laughs> I mean, listen, this that reminds me of when um we played Miami when I was when I was at UNC, we played Miami and we made the mistake of playing trick daddy, which Obviously, oh, Trick Daddy oh, is from Miami. <laughs> and they started jumping on the sideline, and everyone had a 35 inch vertical. And we were like, How are offensive linemen jumping this high? We're going to lose. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Trick Daddy. Trick Daddy. Come on, Trick no, Daddy. You, you ever <laughs> seen Trick Daddy Cribs? You remember Cribs back in the day? You yeah, ever he seen had Trick this, Daddy? the hey, Scarface crew. Trick Daddy had a, a, a Dan Marino jersey in a in an eight by ten frame on his in his uh the landing of his of his staircase. And he he pulled that camera. He said, get on down here and look at this. He said, This is a real Dan Marino jersey. And he said, like, What? He said, This is a real Dan Marino jersey. Yeah, this is when Dan Marino was fresh out the coochie.
0: <laughs> listen, he also made something called, he made crump fritters and he had a Scarface room. On that episode of Cribs. That's a fact. Um, I know, oh, listen, man. Dagan, I know we got to get to Utah, Florida, but I do want to get to Brian Kelly really quickly. So let's go really quick on Brian Kelly because you talked about uh culture fit and you talked about someone meshing with a with a team. Brian Kelly for me as a culture fit is the most wild thing. And because when I was at UNC, we played in that Pelini defense. So everything that LSU did. I was like, oh, that's a missed assignment. That's a missed alignment. That's a missed assignment. That's a missed alignment. When they had Bo Pelini as a defensive coordinator, I was like, and then Orgeron came out and said, oh, they're not listening to what we're telling them to do. They're just doing their own thing. What? Why should I believe that they're going to listen to Brian Kelly, a guy that, as George Whitfield talked about, uh, Clint, when we were on last time, he coaches really hard. He's a guy that we know makes people feel uncomfortable at times. <laughs> makes us think that LSU this LSU team is going to listen to him when you talk about a team buying into something
2: I look I I, I don't I don't believe I don't believe it's it's going to work I I really don't I know Brian Kelly is an absolute monster coach Um, but I think there are a handful of, of universities left. Um, in 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 the across the landscape of college football, that that there there it's it has to be a unique fit. We just talked about Florida, and and maybe Napier's that guy. Clearly, the two guys before were not, and and I think if we're being honest, I think a couple of us probably could have told you that if you're sitting in a room with 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 those and and uh, and uh, Dan Mullen. But um, I think I think LSU is one of those places. Now, you know, is he given three or four years to 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 succeed and and is is the is the the expectations to be competitive in that in the top of the sec west again in three or four years then yeah i i think he'll be fine he'll coach his way out of that one but i think it's going to be a rough couple of first, first couple of years with brian kelly and lsu
1: yeah i, I i'm with you about fit you know that's and that everybody knows brian and he's a hell of a coach too. I mean, he, hes he, a great coach. He's a he's, he's a fantastic coach. Did things at, at, at you know at Notre Dame nobody thought was going to happen. Uh, you know, Cincinnati, I mean, it's, it's Cincinnati Central Michigan, going on, oh, everywhere. And you know, this is a different. It's a different place. It just is, right? LSU is, um, as we all know, is is that's a rough place to play too. But but you know, all things being said, I. I you know he's a smart guy I mean he didn't have to take that job if he doesn't believe in something or know something uh and I think you know if, if you're given time and that's the problem in the SEC, there is no such thing as that right <laughs> right there's no if time you got you got four years at the max to figure out what the hell is going on and then if they uh, like you if they if they like you right then and, and so you know he's gonna there's some real challenges there but that being said, you know, I think from his standpoint, I think he sees the upside. I think, you know, they've had, you know, you look back, you've had two coaches there before, whatever the circumstances were to get rid of them. They both won national championships and they still got yeah. Fired, right. Yeah. So as as coaches go, that's one of the toughest jobs in America. Right. So, uh you know, it, it'll be interesting to see, you uh, you know what 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 that's going to look like for him just because of fit you know and and just because it, you know Baton Rouge is a lot different now than than uh, <laughs> than, than being in Michigan and in South Bend and, and Cincinnati and uh uh you know there there there's not a lot of patience around there for for uh not winning at least 11 12 games of
0: being in the playoffs especially not a lot of patience for losing to Alabama and i think that's one of the things that over the course of my lifetime, watching – in Auburn and Alabama, I will always consider one of the greatest rivalries. The Iron Bowl is amazing. But watching the way that LSU has bubbled up, especially because of Nick Saban coaching at LSU, leaving, then going to Bama, and the way that they hate him, that's a you, – you, you understand what I'm saying, Coach?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. it. It's, it's going to be interesting. But like I said, you know, they're, they're uh, he knows what he's doing. I mean, he's proven that wherever he's been. Uh, but I think this is going to be a real challenge for him from, as you said, from personality and fit-wise. Uh, you know, everybody's like, well, you know, that just doesn't make any sense. I, I would – only advice – I don't give a lot of coaches advice. I've, I've had my share of people getting rid of my ass. So, uh, But I think he should stop dancing. In, during the recruiting video, it, <laughs> that's the only thing I'd say. <laughs> I get it. Uh, Hey, I dig it. look here, man. I, I'm with
2: you, I'm with you. That old that old corny ass accent and that and that dancing with the neon lights in that in that blue room, and, and and then addressing the media, talking about you know with with that goofy introduction or whatever it was he did. That stuff's real cute, Coach. Before you play a ball game, but but Damn. hell, you know you you know, man. You know more than anybody, man. When you when you get out there and you in the middle of a tough year. That shit ain't so cute no more, man. So I, I don't. I think, mean, I, and again, you can speak to this more than me, coach, because you've been in like literally in that seat. Like that kind of stuff, ten years ago didn't matter. Now,
0: right.
2: some, a fan may think Coach Sumlin silly as hell if he gets up there and does some silly accent or something. But ultimately, your locker room don't give a rip. That, I mean, th- that stuff, all of that stuff, right now, matters in a locker room and in recruiting. I mean tenfold more than it ever has. And again, yes. it's, cute. It's, it's cute before you play a game, but if you're 500 and all of a sudden you're out there recruiting doing that stuff, that stuff ain't going to be real cute to to the recruits or to the donors.
0: Well, it's if you're not it's if, if it's if it's disingenuous, it is my thing. If you're if you're fake like here's the thing. I'm moving back to North Carolina in a month, okay? And I can tell you right now I know what's going to happen to my voice. And let me just drop one in for you. As soon as I move back to North Carolina, I'm going to start talking like this again. And my whole, like, that's what I'm going to sound like. Hey, Michael, what
2: part of North Carolina are you from?
0: I'm from Charlotte, but I was born in Fayetteville and spent all my summers in Fayetteville, and we cut the light on. Okay? <laughs> but that's just the reality of my life. But that's, but that's real. It's not fake. Yeah. I'm not putting yeah, it yeah. on. That's key. I'm not putting it on, and I think that's the part that's going to be interesting to see how it works. Um, guys, guess what? We've passed the 30 minute mark. We're we got 20 minutes left, and you also know um, I did get my three timeouts back. Just so, just for the record, so I got my three timeouts for the back half of the show. Um, we're gonna kick this off. We already talked a little Billy Napier, um, but we're gonna talk about Utah at Florida. Um, one, how proud are we of Florida playing this game? Just, just, just scheduling this game. How proud of them! By the way, my wife's down here. I'm gonna have a shot with my wife. So thank you.
2: They, they, I don't. I don't think that Florida. I don't think Florida knew who, who Utah was gonna be when they scheduled this. Some Mike. <laughs> I mean, this was this was done a couple years back. I think. Uh, yeah. I'd imagine. I'd imagine. Oh, Napier wishes they wouldn't have done that damn deal right now, considering how good Utah is. <laughs> but. Uh, But I think it's a hell of a football game. I'm excited for it, man. I'm excited for the Pac-12 SEC clash, man. This is big time.
0: Yeah, coach. Summer, are you? If if, if this your hang on. If this is your if this is your 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 first game, do you look at your A.B. and you go, "What are you doing to me, man?" Well, I think
1: you know what people don't get. A lot of times, these relationships go back five, six, seven, eight, nine years ago, and sure. And uh, there's a guy named Urban Meyer who worked at both places. People forget about that. Right? There you go. So uh, uh, Billy had probably nothing to do with this. So uh, you know, I think that the the big deal is, you know, for a program like Utah, and and let's just say what it is. Uh, Kyle Whittingham is is one of the best coaches in in the country for what they've yes. done, that they've accomplished, where they He's are. He's amazing. And and how they play football, and as tough as they are in in, in the Pac-12, you know it'll be interesting. And I, I think it's two people who schedule. It, you know what I mean? Because you know I don't know what Kyle's been there fifteen years probably as well. Um, has had opportunities to leave. You know this will be a big game for you know that that's always dangerous when you know you, you have a, a a program that people maybe maybe locally at Florida. Don't have as much respect for. They as don't. As I, a, no. Don't you know say. Don't
0: say. No. Don't say. Maybe. Don't say. Maybe. Because <laughs> I'm trying to be nice here, right? So <laughs> you're, no, you're, I mean, they you're, don't, no. But but I'm here's, it is. here's here's the here's the reality. I've had so there's two things that have happened. One, I've had multiple people. I said I was doing the radio and I said that I think Utah might go down there and stump them, stomp a mud hole in. And that's the reality. It's your first game with a new coach, new system, new team, with a team who knows exactly who they are. And I've said this multiple times. Florida, they are a team full of thoroughbreds. They are AKC certified. They will show up at the Westminster Kittle Dog Club, and they got all their papers. Utah is a team full of mutts, junkyard dogs, but when you let them off the leash, those boys are going to hurt you. And win or lose – Florida better get in the cold tub after this football game because Utah's going to beat your body up. They are a team like they're, they're a boxer that delivers body shots. And the fact that you can get knocked out from body shots from Utah, that's what they do. They want to make you hurt. They want to make you black and blue. And I've had so many Florida fans be like, we could never lose to Utah. Have you seen our roster? And I'm like, you don't, Have you seen Utah play one game ever? And they're like, no, I never watch Utah play. And I'm like, okay, well, so you don't know what's going on. You have no clue what's happening. And then the other part is you start to slowly see Vegas. And now Utah's the favorite in this football game. They're a road favorite. In this football game, so let's go, baby. Sorry, coach, I didn't mean to cut you off. But no, no, I think I think it's based on what you said. I mean, Vegas sees it just like you do. I, I think
1: you know you've got an established product uh, in Utah with a coach no. that's been there and a culture that's been there and who they are. They're going to play good defense. Uh, they've got more speed than you think. Yes, uh, and and you know they 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 will not be intimidated. They, they just won't. Um, no, now, they're not I, afraid. Now, whether they're going to be deep enough to handle that, um, I don't know. But I I do know, just like you said, they're going to play the game the right way. They're going to play. They're going to you're going to have to beat Utah. Yes, they will uh, not lose. They're they're, they're not going to screw it up. And and so you've got a new coach, a whole new system, things like that. uh, I think I think that, you know, what what you're trying to say and what you've said is, is pretty accurate. All
0: right. So let's Okay. So. I, listen, I'm I'm excited for that one. I'm looking forward to Utah and Florida. To me, that's game one. That's number one with a bullet for the weekend. The next one for me, listen, Clint's going to love this one. It's Cincinnati and Arkansas. Um, the big thing for me with the Bearcats, they're the first uh, G5 team to get to the playoff, but they lost Sauce, Kobe, Beavers, Cook, Dublanco, Sanders, Pierce, Ritter, Ford, all to the NFL. Draft picks, <laughs> all dra- yeah, all picked in the NFL, except for DuBlanca. DuBlanco du was a free agent, right. right? But the rest of those guys were all picked. Um, the Hogs lost Burks, obviously, um, but they add in Hazelwood. Clint, I, listen, I can see you. You're froggy. Let's do it. Come on, jump in there. Jump in there. Right,
2: well, look, I'm gonna be honest with you. I can't believe you just skirted past my ass on that Florida Utah game, but I'm, I'm gonna let I'm gonna let you have that one. <laughs> I'm gonna let you have that one, um, man. Co- coach just got through telling you about that swamp at night. That's a 6 p.m. game, man. Them youths ain't never they ain't never experienced that, man.
0: Well, okay, timeout. Wait, you think that? So you you don't have any faith in Utah in this game?
2: It, it, it's not it's not about having faith in Utah. It's about knowing where the hell they're going. Man. I mean, I, I I know it's a good football team and they got a great culture. This is culture versus athletes. I mean, we talk about how good of a team Utah is, and and look, mm-hmm. they're like this, and there's power like that. Trust me. I mean that's how that's how in Arkansas we won in the SEC. It's the only way we we could win, right? But when we stacked up against, when we got on the same field with with dudes that were just flat ass better than us. Yeah, woo, that's a whole okay. different ball game. And that that's that's um, I don't know, man. I mean, if Napier, I mean, it, it, it's going to, it's going to be a tell all about Florida. If Napier's got them boys right, and if yeah. Napier's got look, if, if Napier's got, if Richard, he's got them right, they should win. If he's got if he's got AR fifteen, which I don't know if we can use it anymore. But if he's got Anthony Richardson, right, that's the baddest man on the planet right now. That's the I'm telling you, physically gifts like like arm and ability to run and size. That's the baddest man on the planet.
0: That's what Whitfield said too. That's what it Whitfield, is, I mean, Whitfield not, said.
2: It, it it ain't even close. I mean, he got now he's not polished, but it's not even close, bro. Like I mean, my my and, and he's not the only animal they got in that locker room, man. He's not the only animal they got in that locker room. It it don't matter if them them boys go three years straight of of three-win football games, football seasons. You better believe that in that locker room, they got more horses than 95% of the country. I agree. And that's what Utah's fixing to walk into. Utah better pray for rain. There's supposed to be some rain. Utah better better pray for some rain. They need rain and culture, or their ass is going to be in trouble. Now, let me get to Arkansas. (laughs)
0: <laughs>
2: Arkansas Cincinnati here's where I want to go with this before I get off in my alma mater right here coach the question in this rundown and I'm picking on Dagan here because I, it's, he's not the first one that's heard this that's a touchy subject for me Cincinnati's reload the word the word reload the word reload all of a sudden just gets thrown around because Saban at Bama's done it a few times
0: how Since about, when?
2: What, what, what group of five team out there is, is reloading?
0: you, you got to be shitting for, me. Hang, hang on. For the record, for the record, you're hosting you, the show. For, that you to no, help? Hell, oh, hell okay. no. Hell I'll no. i just check you. Hell no, that ain't me. Are you kidding me? No, I, I, I have one too, my man. <laughs> hell no. <clears throat> you notice when I brought that up, I never said reload. I said that they lost these guys. They lost them. They lost them all to the NFL, and Coach Solomon said as draft picks. Yeah. And I said, except for DuBlanco, they were all draft picks. You cannot reload at Cincinnati. You can't. You can't I mean, reload. I, I, at I, I, look, I I am
2: never gonna say you can't. I will say that you can't reload I, at Cincinnati. Fair. That's fair. I mean yeah, that's fair. I, my, my point, my point is is simple, is that i mean there is maybe two or three coaches in america right now that we need to be throwing the the reload the reload phrase around with their programs obviously saving um i think we're i think we're for the record coach i don't know if you saw this i i think we're throwing it around way too freely with Georgia based on what they lost and what they do on offense my um, man i mean my I, we're, man. We're, it, we're just, it, it's yes. just the, the whole reload thing man like that's that's dangerous man.
0: What Georgia um, lost on defense, I don't think is, I, I think, listen, you must not know about me. You must not know about me. I can okay. have another you in a minute. No, you can't have another Nakobe Dean in a minute. You can't have another Lewis Sean in a minute. So you're not Beyonce, Georgia. Like, that won't happen.
1: But right. and, and like, to your point, Clint, to, to both of you, you know, reload, there's levels to it, right? Alabama, that's different, right? Different completely. I think what you've seen at Clemson the last two years tells you when you've got to reload at that level. There's no such thing when you lose. Right. I mean, I mean, phenomenal players even at the next level in the NFL. It's hard to replace that. You're it's gonna get, very hard get talent, right? And I think you're going to see that with Georgia. Alabama is probably the only place right, that that has been able to do that consistently, consistently. And then, you know, it'll be it'll – we'll see what Kirby can do, right? And, and he can prove that in the next couple of years. Yes. Then you're on to the reload
0: situation. But that
1: right. team last year, it was a phenomenal football team. And a
0: phenomenal – I mean, phenomenally talented across – Historically great defense. Yep. One of the most – one of the yeah. smartest defenses that I've ever seen play football. Right, right, amazing. but
2: but not not. I mean, not the thing is not only statistically because I look back at I don't remember what year it was. One of the Alabama twenty ten ish teams, sure,
0: different. Football. I mean, th-
2: there was a but there was a defense there that I thought for me was the best that I'd ever personally seen play in my time, with the exception of maybe some of the Miami defenses way back in the day. Right, Georgia was on that level. Except I would tell you that big cat in the middle for Georgia. I mean, th- 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 you, th- he just wrecks game. Like he takes your both of your guards and your center and would wreck a game. Like you he's see, not a, he's not there anymore. The and reason that N'Kobe Dean could run sideline to sideline free, he's a great player. Don't get me wrong. I, I love N'Kobe Dean. He's a great leader. I love everything about him. And you're not going to replace him either. But the reason that, 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 that he could run sideline to sideline and never get blocked is because they couldn't block that big Joker in the middle. I mean, they, lost, they lost Albert. Yeah. They lost Jordan Davis, Albert Hainsworth, and and Ray Lewis, and the Kobe Dean back here. And, and yeah. by the way, both corners in a safety too, and a in a DN that went number one overall.
0: Like I, that just they still I'm, got I'm, Kelly I'm, Ringo, right? They still got Ringo.
2: Yeah, I mean, yeah, they, they got some dudes. Don't get me wrong, yeah, Jalen Carter.
0: Yeah, no, no, here is what here oh. is what I'm saying. Here is what I listen. I think Jordan Davis was amazing. I think that Jordan, I think. I don't know the best way to, to say this. And I want to say this. I want to put these words correctly. I think that the Dean was the catalyst for that entire defense. I think that he got Jordan Davis set up to do what he was able to do. I also, re- I remember plays. I don't know if you guys remember this, but in the game against Michigan, and we, we have to talk about this Arkansas game Cincinnati Arkansas game, man, God, But we'll you talk
2: about whatever play you want and wherever the hell Scott uh, a big boy lined up wherever he lined up he dominated folks four yards deep in the backfield I don't give a shit how he got there I'm saying Georgia ain't got that this year Georgia they don't don't have that dude
0: I agree with you I am agreeing with you but when the Kobe Dean is playing Michigan and they think they're gonna trick him by making forcing him to cover uh, Blake Corum outside of the numbers. And then they motion Blake quorum and Nabe Dean's like yeah over here over here over here over here over here and then he makes a tackle for laws on the other side of the field I'm like oh that's Nicobe Dean he's just amazing he, I love him he's I don't this I'm not discounting Jordan Davis I think he's amazing I just think that nibe Dean does things that and I guess this goes back to like where I stood or where I was as a football player where I just seeing the small stuff because you're you're either undersized or not as fast, and you can do all these things, and you know the play before it happens, so it gives you an extra step. N'Kobe Dean was able to do that consistently, and he was able to do that for his team. I think about the national championship game where he smashes Cam in the, in the in the face, creates an incomplete pass, which should have been a touchdown, which would have got the game to a one-score game, and then he looks at Channing Tindall and he's like, what are you doing, man? You you you're supposed to be here. And then the next play, the guy makes a sack, which forces Alabama to kick the field goal. Mike. like I love all those things. Like, that's okay.
2: Kobe Dean. Dean, your cousin, or what?
0: No, man. You, it's
2: your kinfolk or what?
0: <laughs> Listen, he might be. Listen, my, my grandmama from Mississippi, so he might be. Um, okay, <laughs> oh, let's talk <laughs> wait a minute, that's too much. my my grandma from mississippi dog like we got we got we i got family in mississippi i got family in mississippi i got family in the middle of georgia so
2: let you uh, let let, let, let's let's get to this arkansas cincinnati game let's talk this
0: arkansas cincinnati game come on
2: look i i mean i i think i think this is a game where one cincinnati's not reloading cincinnati lost way too much star power they lost way too much uh, off of their defense. I mean, they lost seven. They lost seven, I believe, seven starters off their defense. One of them was the top ten draft pick corner, which is an absolute game changer, allows you to do all kinds of different things defensively. And, and I, I just think going on the road to Fayetteville, when they have returned a boatload of talent, they have their identity – they're, they're, they're going to play big boy football. They were the number one rushing team in all of Power Five last year after going through the gauntlet schedule that they had that included Georgia and the SEC West. Um, I, I just think Arkansas is going to be too much for, for Cincinnati. I, no disrespect, I made my, my case in, in a sense of, look, Arkansas is not a school that just reloads, right? So I just don't want to discredit what what they've lost. Um, at Cincinnati, and I, I think the fact that Arkansas returned the key pieces or have answers for the key pieces that they lost. Hazelwood,
0: right? Hazel,
2: Hazelwood is 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 a good one. He's been banged up. The Landers kid that started at Georgia, and I can't remember where he went yes. in between there, but he went somewhere. He's six five. He is supposed to be the real deal. So they may have something there. And when when you when you when your offense is is. The unique, the unique aspect of what Arkansas is doing is 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 KJ Jefferson's size. It's not your, it's well, not your typical how dual good is, threat
0: quarterback. How good is KJ Jefferson? Give it to me. Well, I mean, uh, r- relative to what? I mean, what's your? I mean, I,
2: I, I don't, I don't, I do not believe. Like, there's a lot of people out there throwing him around. Like in, in the NFL as a, draft, as
0: a co- as a college football quarterback, if you had to put him into a tier, let's just limit it to the SEC. Bryce Young's the best quarterback in the SEC. Okay, who's number two? KJ Jefferson or Will Levis? Oh, KJ Je- and what they do? KJ Jefferson,
2: Hendon Hooker's that's, in that conversation as well. I Look, I, that's what I'm they asking. Do.
1: That's the key in what they do. Right. That, that's 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 the key. Like
2: everybody, you can't just generally talk about college quarterbacks because KJ's not going to be in that mix. KJ's not going to win your passing competition. But when you talk about a big-bodied quarterback. That Huge. that runs a runs it it's, I mean, he is the catalyst that that drives a power run game that led the power five football last year uh all season long. I mean, that is a powerful, powerful weapon. And and that they return everybody that's gonna allow them to do that. And then they've got two different pieces that could possibly answer who Traylon Burks was last year. I don't think Cincinnati has enough to play with them, coach. And, and, and I quite frankly, I mean, I, I think Arkansas is going to be in that nine to ten win range again this year because of K.J. Jefferson, that
1: identity they have. Look, to your point, all right, you're, you're talking about a team that statistically, and, and everybody talks about, you know, what statistics, the, the main statistic is for them to be able to run the ball the way they did as a football team in the SEC West, right, and then go across and play Georgia how they played them, and be able to the 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 cats that you were just talking about, and still have some success. They've got confidence. Sam Pittman. I mean, you got you got an old old line coach coaching this team, right? They're, they're gonna. That's what they're gonna do. And so, from a quarterback standpoint, he doesn't have to win the game. He he's got to manage the game. They know that. You've got a head coach who understands that, and and I think. You know, they're they're a really, really scary team to have to play because of the guys that are coming back, their belief in what they do, and they've been in some big, big football games. And I think, you know, from to your point, Cincinnati, you can't lose those kind of guys at Cincinnati and expect to be at that same level. You can coach so much, but, but to Clint's point, you get on that field and these guys have been through it all last year. They've got experience. They've got a culture. They've got the physicality. They understand what they want to do and how they want to do it. And I, I, I just don't see Cincinnati being at that level again this year,
2: Coach. Now, I, I, I tell you, Mike, real quick. I, I'm just talking Arkansas's defense too. Is is, is it, Barry Odom um, one is is one of the better defensive coordinators in and Sam in,
0: Carter too. Yeah, yeah, no, no,
2: no. They, no, they, they got they got a good staff, but but the, the the fact that when I when I look at Barry Odom and what they do. They're, they're going to have to do a little bit more four down this year. They're going to have they're going to have to have an answer for some of the power run game that's going to be thrown at them in the SEC. They okay. they haven't had an answer for that a, a good chunk of the year last year. But when you talk about Barry Odom, and defensively, what he does, I believe is the most effective. Which hell, this ain't, maybe all defense is, but versus an inexperienced quarterback. Right. When, when when you've got a court like which Cincinnati has a bunch of inexperienced quarterbacks that are going to come up to the line of scrimmage. When I was quarterbacking, if you played cover zero and blitz me, I loved it because I knew exactly where I was going with the football. I, I mean, I, I, I can take a punch today. You can hit me all you want. But if I know where I'm going, if I know where I'm going with the ball, let me get at, Let me get it out of my hand. I wasn't the guy that wanted to sit back there all day long and get through four you know, four receiver progression and all this kind of shit. And navigate the pocket and all, yada, yada, yada. I wanted to know where I was going and I wanted to get the football out of my hand. Barry Odom's gonna drop eight into coverage, and, and he's gonna have a Cincinnati's gonna have young quarterbacks back there trying to figure out what the hell's going on. And yep. I think that's I think that's gonna end up being a win Arkansas as well. So I think both sides of the football, I'm pretty convinced that that Arkansas's got the the plus on this on, on this game, game one.
1: Clint, let me ask you this. I mean, one quick question. One of the great names in all of college football is Bumper Pool the same age as you? How long has he been there? <laughs> We and crossed over been one playing. year. <laughs> and hey, we, <laughs> forever. Right? So you've got those uh, guys on the field who understand what's going on. Yeah. And you know, he's he's played so much football. Well, he's got to yeah. be 30 now, I guess. <laughs> I, don't know. Somehow, yeah. hey, I mean, and he's a good player. Coach, that that's the crazy thing. And
2: AM is a different animal because I think AM belongs in the in the the florida, georgia, alabama, lsu, tennessee like i believe that they're, they're on that that tier one of sec schools or should be every year. Um but arkansas just we just don't have the dudes, man. Like we we just didn't have the we we, we typically don't. But and i'm getting to your point like the reason pump bumper pool is 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 who he is is because of covid-19, right? And and because and year wise and then obviously some of the grad transfer that transfers were able to come in and help him have success at that linebacker position. So, I mean, there's a couple of things that have happened over the last five or six years of, of hell in our world, actually. But in college football as well, that's allowed these middle of the pack schools to to develop, create and develop depth that we've never had. Arkansas never had depth at defensive line and offensive line. I mean, very, very rarely. I mean, maybe some of the Petrino years, maybe my year, my my junior, my junior year and senior year. But I mean, I'm talking about a handful of years over the last 30 that you can say, boy, Arkansas's got some really good depth, the O-line and D line. They've been able to create that. And, and guys like Bumper Pool are actually, I mean, all bullshitting aside. I mean, that, that's a guy that goes in there and just has balled out and is going to end up leading Arkansas, like being a leading tackle in Arkansas history because He's been able to play forever and play with better D-linemen than most.
1: Well, well I on a side note, I know he's old because believe it or not, <laughs> I had him on an official visit at AM. That's a long time ago, right? <laughs> he's he he's a Texas boy. He's a, he's a good player. But I'm like, there's no way this dude still played college football. Yeah, <laughs> and, wow. and he's running around. Yeah, exactly. But but to your to, to your point, I mean, you've got guys like that with Barry Odom on defense, he understands it. All right, he's played in big games all over the place. That is a veteran, veteran football team who understands what 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 they want to do offensively and defensively. And I, you know, they're going to be a a, a tough out in the SEC West.
0: Yeah, I, I I agree. Um, I am worried about what we're gonna what what we're gonna do with without Ridgeway. That's the one thing that that, that yep. stands out to me. Um, we got to keep moving, guys. We got we have two more games that we have to talk about, and then we got to get to the under the radar games. We only have seven minutes, so I'm gonna I'm I'm doing this Boom. to keep to keep it moving.
1: No more um, timeouts.
0: No, I'm, well, I might have to call like this. This I might give give me a thirty. Um, but Utah State at Bama, um, the Aggies did not look good against UConn. I don't know if you guys watched that game. They did not look good against UConn, and maybe that's like Jim Mora is like pushing UConn forward, and they're doing good stuff. I like their running backs. We got a couple of guys that look really shifty. I don't think Utah State's going to scare Alabama, but what do we want to see out of Alabama coming in with two guys that probably are going to be go? They're either going to go one and three or one and two or two and three in the NFL draft. Uh, I'll start with you, Coach. Uh, Someone, Alabama, we'll win the game.
1: Uh, sure. I mean What do we want s- to I, I, see? I, mean, I, I think right now. Alabama's figuring out who they really are. We all know who the stars are. What Nick has done a great job in a game like this. They're going to be guys in the, on, the, on the that may have not started and played a lot the, the last year. Uh, that they're going to develop the other guys in this game. You're going to see a lot of guys play, uh, get on tape, see what they can do. They're going to make mistakes, put guys in there because he understands to 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 be where he wants to be that team's going to have to develop depth. And and he, he's never overlooked any opponent, but right. I think you're going to see a lot of guys play against Utah State and get that kind of experience, but it, it won't even be
0: close. I'm going to call timeout before Clint drops in. I'm going to call timeout. Sumlin, you've, you've coached against Nick Saban. When you beat him, what do you think he does? Do you think he's got a team of people just locked in a closet trying to figure out how to beat you the next year? What do you like? What do you, what, what's his reaction to this?
1: No, I, I, no, I, I think that, you know, he understands the whole everything about football. I mean, when, when I was there, you know, Kevin Steele was the senior analyst, right? Kirby was <laughs> in the back room. All these guys who are head coaches were, were not even on the field coaching. So He's already got those guys employed there. The next okay. coaches, not just head coaches, but head coaches in the, in the SEC, like Billy Napier, right? Yeah, like Mike Lockie, exactly. Like Sark, like all these guys. So, you Lane know, you, you've, got a, you've got a who's who of, of talent in the back room besides the nine full-time assistants and in, in himself. So, yeah there are guys assigned to every team. There's guys there that that understand what, what, what they need to do. And they they have a study on you the whole time. And so, you know, the the game's decided on the field, but from really, uh, from a manpower standpoint, Nick was way ahead of the game with that. And and that's showing up with the number of head coaches that he's produced that really weren't even on the field for him during half those years there, you know, when Lane's calling plays, he had Sark and Loxley in the background doing stuff on Monday the week before right so when he shows up on Sunday he's working on normal Downs not third down not red Zone that's done with by real coaches not GAs. so that is a system that he has it's been very very successful and I think Kirby being there and some of the coaches that left understand that and you're seeing that implemented across the board with with a lot of guys who who who, who left all right point get in here man
2: I think this is easy with, with obviously Alabama. I mean, but, but I, I do believe that Alabama has got a lot of work to do, man. I mean, I, I think Alabama, yeah. this is, this is a game to prep for, for their running another national title. Uh, they they got bit last year and got bit in the worst way with it being Georgia. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I'm going to be honest with you. I mean, is this the year that that losing all these first round receivers to the NFL catches up with them or is it Jermaine Burton a guy that can that can come over there from Georgia, right? Anyone that bounce from Georgia? See, there you go. Damn, we're in a hurry. We're in a hurry, Mike. Damn. I,
0: I know we're in a hurry, but I want to ask you this. What do you think? Because we saw Jordan Addison go from Pitt to USC. We yeah. see Hazelwood go to Arkansas. We see Burton come to Alabama. Is wide receiver maybe the the, the best position for the transfer portal? I don't know. You can I, I
1: Quarterback hadn't been bad either, right? So you got you got a new guy at Texas, you got a new guy at
0: SC. Well, let's you know what, let's you know what, yeah. Clint, Clint, finish finish your Alabama, and then we'll talk about the quarterback of the transfer portal at, at 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 Texas. We'll we'll, uh, some mean, of, we'll talk yeah. about
2: that. Look, you, you get my point. I mean, is is Jermaine Burton a dude or not? I mean, do they do they they've got guys that they need to see step up and make plays. I don't give a damn if it's if if it's us three over on defense. They got guys. That they need to see to suit up and go over there and make plays. They they got some My dudes that they got to replace now, and right and and, and then the other <laughs> one, I, you know, I think that a lot of people have high hopes for Jameer Gibbs, man, the transfer from Georgia Tech. I mean, I I think that that's the guy that that is going to be. Uh, it's a little bit of a unique fit for what for what Alabama's done in the past. You throw a big back back there that's two thirty and that can run, and they run it downhill and uh, punish folks. I think Jameer Gibbs is a guy that's going to be used in the past game. He's going to be used differently. That takes that's reps. And so, you know, I, I think I think this is a game that Alabama runs away with. But ultimately, I think it's valuable snaps, valuable reps for a team that needs it. I mean, Alabama—we're talking about anytime we talk about Alabama, the context is national championship. Period.
0: Yes. This period.
2: this team this team needs work at, with this quarterback, with one of the best in the country, and his skill players in in game time situations. So that's that's all I'm watching for in this football game, Mike.
0: We're, we're no, we're on the same page. I think Gibbs is going to be interesting because he brings a little bit of that um Alvin Kamara ness, yeah, to this to this team, and maybe and, 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 or even Kenyon Drake ness, Kenyon Drake ish to this team. And he's incredibly explosive. He's going to work in your return game as well. I just want to see if Nick Saban knows how to use him now versus when. I mean, remember when he had Kamara, when he had Drake. They were still a football team. And Coach, you, someone you played against them. They were still a football team that just threw to one wide receiver all the time. You're yeah, like, oh, they, we just we just throw to this guy. Yeah, but but they're they're a complete
1: football team. I mean, they got talent yes. all over the place. So, you know, when, when Alvin left, you know he shows back up. You don't. You're not the rookie of the year in the NFL. Just exactly. Yeah, uh, we played Tennessee. And uh, they left big boy at home. And I walked out and saw Bush. I said, No, it, who's you're not playing him today? And he's like, Yep, we're getting ready to play him. And completely different game plan. We were talking about Kamara's in a whole nother league, so yes, uh, amazing. And I mean, amazing football player. So, I, yeah, you know, I think what you got to find out, just like Clint said, like you said, they are going to be valuable snaps in this game to try to find out who this team really is and
0: who who are going to be mm-hmm. the difference makers for Alabama this year. I, I think it's going to be interesting when they, they lose Billingsley, which I guess it just felt like it wasn't a good fit for them. Uh, Jaleel Billingsley, the tight end and how they operate the tight end position is going to be interesting too, because they had, was it Randolph or Rudolph? Randolph, I believe uh, where they, they had the, you know, they had a four-star offensive guard that they lined up at at tight end in their tight bunch packages, and everyone was like, well, there. he's a tight end. Like, no, this guy's a guard, and he's just blocking everyone. This is going to be a run play. So it's going to be interesting. But Billingsley is now at Texas, and so when we talk to Texas, they play Louisiana Monroe. They play Louisiana Monroe this week. They play Alabama next week, if I'm not mistaken. Um, What do we need to see out of Quinn Ewers? Ewers, obviously, the guy with the million-dollar NIL. We don't want. I don't want to talk about NIL. I don't care. I don't care. Get money, get paid, go do your thing. I don't. That doesn't matter. Uh, a week ago, I watched Drake May, UNC, and they tried to work out kinks offensively, but the defense wasn't good. And with Texas, I guess the two questions I have with Texas, one is a Quinn Ewers question. What do we need to see out of Ewers to make us feel confident in him, in Texas, in Sark? It, it, listen, we all love B. John Robinson, I think. We can all agree on that, right? No yeah, we, we all like that. No okay, so what else? What do we need to see from Quinn and yours to make it happen? And then also, how can you win a conference if your lead sack getter only gets two and a half sacks?
1: I'll say this, right? Just just watching them and, and seeing the talent level. Right now, Texas probably has three of the best, the best group of running backs in the country. And I call them Okay, the, you got two Robinsons and a Johnson, right? So, and Bijan doesn't have to do it all. They've got three high profile running backs. Yes. Uh, they've got two guys on the outside to run 10, 200 meters. One of the guys comes back, it led, led the Big 12 and touchdown catches. Okay. So they've got talent around you. Uh, and and the, the question for Texas is going to be, as it's been for the last five years, who is the O line? I mean, who's going to block? Right. Who's yeah. Yeah. And I think Sark is is going through that with. They're going to have enough play action. They've got enough speed on the perimeter to get the ball down the field. Uh, so I, I think it'll be interesting to see with Texas. You know, the question is going to be, as you said, defensively, who's going to show up for Texas? And 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 if, they, if that can be, if they take some steps there, I think offensively they don't have to. Yours didn't have to do so much because of their running game and because of the speed on the perimeter.
0: All right, come on Clint, let's go. I know you got you look like you got a lot to say.
2: Well, I mean, I always got a lot to say. Hell, half of it don't make sense, but I'm going to give it a shot. I, look, I, I mean, when you talk about Quinn Ours, like like he shouldn't be put in position at this point in time to to have to win ball games. Coach just talked to you about the 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 speed on the outside and the game changers on the outside and the, and the running backs that they have. To me, this is about Steve Sarkeesian, because I, I watched Steve Sarkeesian last year and uh, against Arkansas. I watched, him, uh, I watched him from the sideline, up close and personal, and Arkansas skull-drugged the University of Texas. And that should not have happened. Arkansas was probably a better football team, probably should have won the ballgame. But if you were Sarkeesian in the, in the Texas Longhorns, you went home embarrassed. Not just beat, you went home embarrassed. That was a football game where Hudson Card was overwhelmed the entire time. Uh, mm-hmm. the, 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 kid, the kid never had a chance. Now, the offensive line stumped. B. John Robinson couldn't get rolling. They couldn't throw the ball. It, ultimately, this is about Steve Sarkeesian putting the quarterback in a position to stay ahead of the chains, distribute the football in a quick game accurately, get you a good good, clean pre-snap read and make a quick decision, get the ball out, commit to the run game. Don't get into a situation where you consistently put this kid in gun with one back in the backfield and he's throwing into a seven or eight man zone defense that, that they're going to drop into. You do not. And, and obviously that I'm not talking about this game. Tech, look, Texas is going to Texas is going to handle business this week, I think, but, uh, but big picture for Texas, it's about avoiding putting your quarterback in a bad spot until your quarterback shows you I'm that dude, take the reins off, take the cuffs off and let me go play. Uh, you know, I I think Sark's got an explosive offense. I think he wants to go out and do these explosive deep crossing routes and take all these shots and 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 light the world on fire. And, and I think I think with a young quarterback, he's got to pull the reins back a little bit, protect that guy, let him come into his own. This would be a great week to do that. And he should Quinn. He should be on the clock, coach. Uh, coach, if Quinn holds the ball for two seconds. Against ULM, I'm gonna dog cuss him on the numbers. You know what I mean? Like if, if this turns into Quinn Ewers running around looking like damn Johnny Manziel trying to win ball games, it, it, it's not it's not gonna work, right? I mean, they ain't been but ain't been one Johnny Quinn. You ain't that guy. Like this need this needs to be a a just a smooth, fluid, efficient game this week because ultimately I think that's how they're gonna have to win until they. Until this kid comes into his own.
1: And again, I think it's more than just him. You got a lot of young old linemen. That line has not been very good the last few years. You know, they got to figure out which one of those young guys are gonna play. They're probably by the end of the year, they're probably gonna start three of them. Uh the other five they sign. They're really yeah. talented, but they're young, old linemen. And that's one of the hardest positions to play, as we know as a as a young player. So how that old line comes along, I think Sark's smart enough. To figure out, hey, we, we keep the pressure off of Quinn, you know. Let's let's give it to these three running backs through a little play action, and then uh, see what happens. Here, here's no, the
2: problem. here's the problem, Mike. And I know we're on it. They got Bama week two, boss. <laughs> I, <laughs> they well- they, got, they got Bama week two, boss. So I don't know if any of my game plan that I just said is going to work beyond ULM. But 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 that's <laughs> ultimately. I mean, you you they just. They got to take care of the kid, man. You, 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 that, right now, they ain't ready for Bama. They can't let Bama ruin the kid.
0: Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you. I was, I was trying to. If you guys could see, I was like over here in my bag. I'm trying to figure out how many negative plays they had, and only they gave up 27 sacks, 63 tackles for loss, which is 90 Mike, negative plays, and then what? Mike, here,
2: here's the deal. Here, here's the deal with Sark in Texas. Like, they they should be. You're not looking past anybody. But they should be shooting for Week Six. The OU Texas, the OU Texas game, Red River shootout. That's what they should always, be to start on.
0: That's that. That's the game it, that they should make their debut.
2: Be have that kid nice and weathered, and have everybody healthy and ready, if at all possible, for okay. at that at, at that OU game. To me, that's the one where we're going to find out if Texas is back. I don't give a shit what happens against Alabama. They ain't ready for that.
0: If, I'm, tired if, of, if, I'm tired of saying Texas is back honestly like well i mean what are we doing here I you mean, know what i mean like I, yeah. I, listen i understand that the people that are watching they 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 live off that right is usc back is texas back they live on that stuff but i just i'm i'm tired of like you know you know how i know when you're back when you go to back to back something when you do a thing that's like really good uh, i do you do the thing. I don't again. even know
2: what I don't even know what back means, but but I, I just I, I think when you when you look at at the University of Texas, the, the 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 landscape of college football is better when Texas is playing good football and when SC is playing good football out west. And I agree. And, and, and ultimately, I, I I think I think we will know. I think the OU game will tell us more about the Longhorns and Sarkeesian than than week two against Alabama. It just yeah. that's just that's just where I'm at with Texas.
0: But well, that's the same thing as USC. When I, I was talking to my buddy Max Brown, and when they played, when they he was at USC and they played Alabama, and he was like, oh man, um, <laughs> they kicked our ass. <laughs> it was <laughs> very bad for us. <laughs> so let's do this. All right. 30 seconds. And then we got to get out of here. I've already gone over time. Dagan is already telling me that I've gone over time. 30 seconds under the radar game. Give me one game that you're looking for, whether it's for gambling, entertainment, intriguing scheme, a game that you're watching for that's under the radar on week one. Starting with I the point.
2: Yeah, yeah, I, I'm I'm gonna go U of H and UTSA. UTSA is a a, a a team that that. uh Frank Harris, be, baby. That, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, look, I I, I think. I think they did some good things uh, recently, and, and U of H is a team that's got really high expectations as a group of five, the team that should represent the group of five this year with Cincinnati graduating everybody. So um I, I think that's one that's kind of flying under the radar because of the Oregon, Georges and the Cincinnati, Arkansas, and Utah, Floridas. That U of H U UTS game, UTSA game could could uh could could mean a little something.
0: I, I love that one. I will say this. Love Frank Harris. I've loved watching his development over the course of the last three years. He's been amazing. I will challenge you on this and say that Grayson McCall and Coastal Carolina, I think, might be the team that gets the representation from the G5. Uh, But I love that UTSA pick. Coach Sumlin, what do you got?
1: I I agree with that one, though, too. But you got to remember, Houston was 12-2 and last year, flying under the radar. This is Dana's oldest team since he's been there. Four years now, it's a pretty good football team.
0: UTSA – what do, you, do? You, you think? You know, you think you know Houston football? <laughs> <laughs> maybe a little bit, maybe a little bit, but uh, I'm
1: interested to see, as I pointed out before, that the, the, under the radar, Purdue, Penn State, who are these guys? Right? Who's Penn State this year? They're, I don't they're, know, they're, it, nobody knows, right? Who's Purdue this year? We've seen both these teams win big games in, in the Big Ten, and we've seen them fall on their face right so yeah so this first game to start off on national tv you know thursday night is a big
0: game for for both programs i'm anxious to see who shows up i i love that that's a great pick uh I'm, I'm a sean clifford fan um i don't know if you guys have been paying attention to him but i saw sean clifford in high school and he had like a baby face like big cheeks and now he's kind of like ripped up and like jacked. And I'm like, this dude, oh, Sean Clifford showed up looking like a snack. What are we doing now? So I'm in there. I'm Listen, I'm going back to the well for me. I love, I just, I'm super excited to watch UNC and, and App State. I think that folks are sleeping on App State, App State versus Coastal. And I know they're in the same division in the Sun Belt, but I think that's going to be the team that ends up with the being the top ranked G5. So abstate, State, I think they're going to get off to a hot start against a UNC team that apparently doesn't play defense. Uh, we got to wrap it up, folks. This is Field of Twelve After Dark for Kevin Sumlin. I, I'm pointing the wrong way. For, I don't know. I don't know which way I am on the screen, but for Kevin Sumlin, for Clint Sterner, I'm Michael Felder from Stadium. <laughs> Guys, let's do it. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, are we not? Are we not cheering? <laughs> oh, you're, he's out. He's already <laughs> done. Damn, hey, y'all, y'all
2: wearing me out, boss. Peace.